just kind of shift gears a little bit because I know, uh, you know, back to the coaching discussion because that's kind of the hot topic right now. Um, which one of you guys would be interested in hiring Anthony Lynn? Because I heard he has a really good uh, defensive coordinator candidate potentially that he would bring on if he was hired. <laughs> Derek, I'm going to let you take that one first, man. Hail to the north. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's the rumor is that I guess Gus Bradley would be his uh, top defensive coordinator. If we hired Anthony Lynn, I don't – for some reason I think that would not occur in Jacksonville of all places just because I'm sure that Gus Bradley wouldn't want to sign on to that, to that deal. So, um, But seriously, though, one thing I was curious about with uh, Tom Coughlin, like what happened with that? Because he had the interview. Supposedly Caldwell wasn't even at the interview, which was kind of weird. Um, which makes me wonder if it was coach or personnel position. But then Sam Kavaris, not you know, I don't know what insight he had on it, but he basically had come out, you know, one of the local guys, and said that that was pretty much a done deal. Like, and we haven't heard anything about Coughlin since. So it's like he not a candidate anymore. Did they already shoot that down, or what? What happened with that? Um, he wants control. He wants control. He wants say so, and he didn't get it. That's what I think. End of story. Uh, I think I, I don't. I don't know. I think that you know, with with Tom. Yeah, a lot of red red flags, you know, raise, uh, you know, first when I when I, I read that, uh, you know, Caldwell wasn't in the actual meeting with uh, with with Khan and whoever else was in there, um, you know, that was a red flag to me. One because it wasn't going to be a serious interview without the general manager. You know, general manager is you know the you know next in line from the from the the owner so right. a, a lot of the football decisions you know they need to come from the general manager secondly <clears throat> i really think that um tom coughlin kind of came in as a consultant quote unquote to speak and since con you know I, I think it's pretty relevant that he doesn't really know that much about football um i think that he wanted to get an honest opinion of the current roster do i have talent here where do I need talent at? Where can I replace? What can I do? What is this guy? They may have went through a 52-man, you know, just grade. This guy's an A. This guy's a B. This guy's a C. This guy's an F. This guy may be a D, you know, et cetera. And he may have wanted just to get an honest opinion of the roster without hurting or without creating any kind of tension with, with Caldwell in the room. That's like a really interesting theory, by the way, that maybe that was just an interview to be able to grade Caldwell to make the decision whether to retain him or to just bring in a guy like Coughlin for the personnel director. That's like a real, I like that theory actually quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, you think, you look at it, this guy is literally the most qualified, you know, the quali most qualified candidate right now for the head coaching job. Right. He, he really is. I mean, you know, he, he's a no-nonsense guy. He has experience. He's winning pedigree. Um, you know, he's going to hold the players for accountable uh, accountability. He's got history here. So if you've got somebody like that, that has that winning pedigree and that's actively willing to come in and assess your situation right now, that's just like, you, you know, you, you, you getting the, the answers to the test or you getting someone to, to come prepare you for the test and let you know, this is what you need to do. This is what you got. This is what you're good at. Fix this, fix that, and you'll be great. And that's probably what it was, just an honest assessment of what we've got here in Jacksonville. How can we fix it? What would you do? Thank you for your time. Well, and Derek, you know want to know why that's an interesting theory is that supposedly the people that were in the room were Shad Khan, Tony Khan, and Doug Marone. Mm. That's many reports mm. said that. So that's what made me think at the time that, you know, this is a this is an interview for a personnel position more than anything, I think. 
But that theory that he just mentioned, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, it, it does. And what better person to have uh, Tom Coughlin than to look at the team as a whole, if that's the case? Um, you know, because Caldwell, I hate to say it, you know, he's going to, you know, stand behind Bortles. He's going to stand behind the guys he picked in the draft. And, you know, he's had some really big wins in the draft with some guys, and he's whiffed uh, uh, sometimes too. So that's better than most GMs. You know, you got to give him that, you know, at least he knows what he's, you know, semi doing. Um, but Hey, if he doesn't end up being the coach of the team, uh, me personally, I didn't like the pick as him as a coach just for the fact of his age. Tom Coughlin was 60 years old, hands down. I'd be like, look, if they don't hire him, they're crazy. And probably every single person that actually pays attention to the Jags would be saying the same thing. But because he's not 60, he's 70, you know, that's kind of like, well, uh, you never know. You know, what's 70-year-old going to be doing uh, coaching, and how long is he going to be coaching? So, Well, when you can pay him being at 70 with Werther's Originals, that's a really good deal, I feel like. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you stupid. Um, who's who's the one that had the theory, um, or not maybe a theory, but the kind of the uh, take on Kyle Shanahan? Was that? Yeah. Uh, so I, I, yeah, that was me. That was me. I think, um, and, and I and I can't come uh, for for you know be responsible for it all, but some of the things I've been reading on the internet between uh, you know Pro Football Talk and a couple other um, you know places, you know, it just has me thinking that you know Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, is more, you know, set for Denver. Um, I feel like because of the success that his dad had in Denver, uh, he's been around that winning program. He's been around that winning pedigree. They've got a really good relationship with John Elway. Um, Kubiak didn't, you know, he, he wasn't, he, he wasn't out, at his, out, out because of performance. It was just because of health. So if they're going to find somebody to come in and, uh, replace him, why not replace him with someone who's kind of, you know, homegrown, who's been around the program, who's been around uh, Denver, who's been around that, you know, that culture that you can't buy, but you have to teach. And he has that winning culture. And then I think, honestly, if Shanahan does go there, it would make even more sense because Mike would kind of serve as a, um, like a mentor. So Denver would probably be getting a two for one. And it would be pretty good for Mike Shanahan, considering, you know, the success that he had there with Romanowski, uh, Terrell Davis, Atwater, you know, all those guys there, uh, Shannon Sharp, uh, you know, some of the success that he had there uh, to, to bring that, you know, and pass it down to his son. Yeah, that 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 makes a lot of sense. I mean, they are – Denver's a quarterback away from basically ruling the AFC pretty much. I know that's a big position. That's a very big position. But they got the defense uh, – they have the uh, the running back. They have the offensive line. They just, you know, the quarterback play has been inconsistent for them. So, and then with Kubiak's health, he probably couldn't give 100% of what was needed to get to the playoffs and win 10, 11, 12 games. So um, that, that would be a nice position for a young coach and with a lot of history. It's almost like kind of, kind of, kind of falling right into his lap, you know, so. Yeah, it's a very easy transition for them because, like you said, that they are one one quarterback away. Their defense really didn't fall off too too much uh, in, in the past free agency, you know. But uh, I think they are 
you know, like you said, they, they literally have that one piece away. And I think that's more apt for Shanahan to take over, um, especially with what he's done in Atlanta with Matt Ryan. Um, I mean, I think it's just one of those things. They get a quarterback uh, there, and it's going to be trouble for, you know, 31 other teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Well, and collectively, like, we were being ranked the number one job opening up until the Denver uh, opening came about. So that's really, I guess, at this point, I mean, I would say that's probably going to hurt our chances of whoever the top candidate is if Denver is now is now open, which it is. I mean, look at this, too. Like, Denver is – they're not Dallas last year. You know, Dallas had Romo. They they lost Murray. They were looking for a running back. They got a steal with Dak Prescott. Imagine if Denver is able to get a quarterback like that. It doesn't have to be a high draft pick either. You know, with this whole nonsense of, you know, you got to get the quarterback number one and number two. Probably the top quarterback that's playing in the league and one of the greatest to ever play the game was drafted in the seventh round. So, uh, Tom Brady. So, if they find that piece, you know, they'll take off. Now, how that relates to us, as far as who's left, I mean, I've always been on the McDaniels train. I'm not on the Mike Smith train like you guys are. Um, But... We have pieces. We have a lot of pieces. So now what is it that we need to fix? What is it that they need to address? Um, the quarterback position is obviously, obviously there. The offensive line is definitely there. Um, so it, it's just a matter of getting those pieces in play. And hopefully they don't draft any more offensive linemen because that hasn't gone too well. Yeah, no, they, they definitely can't. Uh, you you got to build – you got to go out and get a hog that, that is – you know, that that's proven. And by hog, I mean offensive lineman. You got to get somebody that's nasty, that's proven, that's been played around, who's coming on that second contract. Um, you know, the way how we were in the running for Alex Mack the last couple of years, uh, we, we, we really need to go out and get somebody that it's not going to be a sexy pick. It's not going to be, you know, anyone that a lot of people want to pick up in free agency, you know, one of your glamorous picks. It's going to be somebody who's going to be able to get down there, you know, uh, with, with Beecham, uh, you know, with AJ can, uh, you know, with, uh, Parnell and, uh, you know, Shatley and just be able to grind and, and be able to, to, to make that time. That, that's what it's gotta be. Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, trying to build the team internally. So we have like skill players. We know we have skill position players, but you gotta build it within the, the, the hash marks. And uh, you, you can't be Hollywood either when you're trying to uh, build, get those pieces. You know, do we, and another thing, do we need running backs? You know, it's Chris Ivory, it's one year out of the four-year, five-year deal. He's something was four years. T.J. Yeldon just did, his, you know, complete his second year. He still probably got two years left. Um, do we need to get a running back at four? You know, who, who knows? Um, there's definitely some nice players coming out of college. You know, two running backs that everyone's talking about, which I don't think we should, you know, even me being an FSU fan, I don't think we should get either of them. If we do, hey, that's great. But, you know, there's other things on the team that we could look at, too. Um, One thing you could look at is our, you know, Marquise Lee is playing well and, and Allen Robinson, so a receiver. But what about our tight end position? I mean, Julius Thomas is just... I mean, he looks like he's struggling to run. You know, his body almost looks too big for his legs. Well, they're talking about, you know, he might get cut to free up cap space, which yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know. So which wouldn't which wouldn't be a bad thing the way uh, Neil Sterling and uh, Ben Koyak have been playing, and this is one of those things where you know you you may uh, the way that Mercedes has been uh, you know performing and willing to restructure his contract, you may keep him around for one more year just to pass off some more veteran you know uh, pass blocking to to Koyak, who's the more pass blocker, and then you have your then you got a. Uh, a wide or excuse me, a receiving uh, tight end uh, in um, what's his name? I, his, his name slipping me. I just Neil said Sterling. It. Yeah, Sterling. You got a receiving uh, uh, tight end who's comparable to like a Jordan Cameron, um, you know, body build. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's going to be a huge guy out there like like Gronk, but uh, you know, he's got a build like like my buddy uh, Chico, aka Aaron Hernandez, Tree Hernandez. Oh no, that's not a good uh, position. Uh-uh. No, no, no. He's got he's got a he's got the pass catching of uh, you know ability like that, and he showed it. Free Hernandez, uh, man, that's terrible. That's terrible. That's terrible. That guy's like guilty. Uh. That guy's like isn't? Didn't it just come out that he's got like he's like guilty of like other murders too? Like before though? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's got a tattoo like commemorating one of the murders, supposedly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he ain't getting out. I hate to like laugh about that, but you remember when uh, like weren't like him and like Tebow like friends and and University of Florida too? Like did like nothing from Tim Tebow rub off on him, or is Tim Man. The, the running the running joke between that that team was uh, a Christian, a racist, and a murderer walking <laughs> to a bar? So you're talking yeah. about like Riley Cooper. Uh, um, Tim Tebow, and... Hernandez, and, and Tebow, and, um, and mind you, you still had Percy Harvin who was punching coach. <laughs> but yeah. uh, you know, hey, that's what winning does. I mean, that's really like we need to bring in Urban Meyer to really get those tough players in here. <laughs> no, no, no. Have you seen what quarterbacks are under Urban Meyer that have co- that he's coached? They're all bad, and some of them end up switching positions. That's how bad they are. Uh, yeah. the only one that's good is Alex Smith. And the reason why he's doing well is because he spent now three years with Andy Reid, who's a quarterback guru. So, yeah. And then you, uh, somebody mentioned Dak Prescott, who, you know how we were saying like after the season, like players will just say stuff and like, who really believes that like Chip Kelly, like got overruled on drafting Dak Prescott. Like that guy's just trying to like save face. No, no, I, I believe Do that you? because the San Francisco GM was a moron. Okay. Jim Harbaugh, basically told him that, you know, they, they gave Kaepernick all that money. Mm-hmm. And where it had the Harbaugh was like, you don't need to do that. No. And the GM was like, it's, you know, I run the team. I have to say so. And look at that. Kaepernick is like making what? 80, 90 million dollars. And he's absolute trash. Yeah. Bortles is better than Kaepernick. That's bad. <laughs> That's just just no. Think about that. Think about what I just said. Somebody was worse than Bortles this season. That's bad. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so so basically, well, what you're saying is like Chip Kelly has good judgment and should become the new Jaguars head coach. That's what you're saying. Basically. No, ho, ho, ho. A- absolutely not. Oh, <laughs> say that. Absolutely now. not. Well, Derek, I got a question for you. So if uh, and, and to hop back on the, uh, the the coaching carousel, if McDaniel's, since he's a, a favorite for the Rams, us, and the 49ers, you know, what if he's just kicking his tires and 
if he's just going to stay with Belichick? Who who says he's apt to leave? You know, what do you, what do you think if he doesn't leave? Um, if he does not leave, and then we end up hiring a coach like Mike Smith, um, I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, Mike Smith did take the Falcons to the NFC Championship game one year, so I'll, I'll give him that. Uh, but I, I'm just curious, would we be in the same position now? With uh, McDaniel's, I just I feel like our offense just needs a spark of something. Mm-hmm. We need we need something, and I didn't. I'm not sure if Smith can do that. Even if he does bring in a hot coordinator, a hot young offensive coordinator that is done well with his team uh, this previous year, or a quarterbacks coach that's done well. You know, there's a lot of QB coaches, passing game coordinators, or whatever in the NFL teams have that we don't know of that probably are doing a very good job with their teams. But, you know, it's just with, uh, with McDaniels, I just feel that he could, you know, do be that person, but you're right. We don't know if he is going to leave or not. You know, he may, he may not leave. You know, he's not going to interview until the Patriots are done with the season and they're not going to be done till February. So we got about another month to debate this. He he interviews, he, he interviews on Saturday. Is he interviewed on Saturday? He, 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 he's got three interviews this week. And, I, and the only reason why I know that is because uh, I was listening to uh, the drill this morning and they mentioned that the reason why he could interview is because the Patriots have a first round bye. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They have a bye week. Yeah. So he does have the ability mm-hmm. to get out. I think Patricia's okay. doing interviews. That's the too. only reason. The defensive coordinator is yeah. doing some interviews as well. So. Patricia's yeah. doing interviews. Um, McDaniels is doing interviews, and they got some guy in the front office who's doing interviews with the 49ers for uh, their GM position. I can't think of his name; it begins with a C. Um, but uh, yeah, he he he'll be doing interviews also. Now, historically, Patriots coordinators have not done well once they've left. I think Bill O'Brien's probably the most successful one in Houston, um, but which isn't that great. Yeah, so. He's, uh, he's winning the he's winning his division. Oh, geez, yeah, he, yeah, he won his division. Ooh, yeah. yeah, he's good. I mean, he's hey. winning his division. I mean, he doesn't pick the talent. He doesn't <laughs> pick the division he goes hey. to. Hey. Don't hey. knock the guy because he's coaching. He's winning the worst division in football. He, I mean, he's winning. I mean, I'll take it. I'm just saying, like if it was us, so, I'd take it. Who's the better quarterback, Bortles, Osweiler, or Kaepernick? Oh, I mean Blake by far. Yeah, it's definitely Bortles. <laughs> I mean, just based on last season alone. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh it's just I don't know I I'm I can't get on the Mike Smith train I'll have to be proven wrong and if I'm wrong I'll come back on here next season if we start out four and oh five and oh and we have Mike Smith at the helm then hey that's you know that that, that, that I'll have to eat my words and and I have no problem admitting that all right I was wrong he's a good coach I mean, but I just feel like there's more have to prove it to there's me. more evidence that he would be a good coach though I feel like cuz like Josh McDaniels well, I I almost feel like if his like offensive coordinator duties are a little and like success is a little inflated just based on the fact that he's had Tom Brady the entire time you know I mean well here's my thing with Mike Smith you know I'm a big believer in running the football when he was in Atlanta, they couldn't run the ball for squat. And in the beginning, they had a guy named Michael Turner who was a, a decent running back. Now, he ended up falling off, but they couldn't run the ball to save their lives. And they had two Pro Bowl receivers and a Pro Bowl quarterback. 
and they still couldn't run the ball. So that almost in their in their defense, believe it, back back five six years ago, and he's supposed to be a defensive minded coach. Their defense was kind of bad. But like, but here's my thing though. So like the Jaguars this year, sixth ranked defense in the league, you know, three and thirteen. Mike Smith won. Like he won games. They went to the playoffs. Like that isn't that the most important thing rather than kind of drilling down into those little specifics. Yeah, it is the most important thing, but I just can't agree with it. I just don't know. There's a, like a block. It's like this shade, this wall that's up. You know, maybe it's the force. You, you, you I don't just know. Don't like, you, you just don't like Mike Smith. Yeah, yeah. we don't. share the same last name, and that is about it, okay? so. <laughs> All right, well, so. I guess uh, we'll have to see how everything develops and if there's any other. I, I still I put this on Twitter as well to my one follower. Um, that Matt Patricia, <laughs> his mom. <laughs> Seriously though, I feel like lately, I feel like lately for some reason, any little takes I put on there about anything get like nothing, like except for like the spam things that'll like reply and tell me about like eighty percent off Ray Bans or something. So I think I'm just gonna like stop. I'm gonna stop doing personal tweeting. But like my on the low favorite candidate after I read more and more about him is definitely Patricia of New England. Like that guy is highly intelligent and i don't know i mean it just seems like he could be like the sleeper of like all the belichick people that most emulates belichick well i mean the the funny thing about new england and to just to piggyback on what you guys said whatever whenever whatever goes into new england it starts performing great and whenever it comes out of new england it doesn't do very good. It's like buying a MacBook off off Craigslist. <laughs> like it was working when you got here, and now I'm home and I go to plug it in, and it's not working right now. So yeah. please tell me what's going on. You know, <laughs> that, that's that's exactly what that's exactly what it is. I don't understand what it is about New England. You know, players go there, they find the fountain of youth. The players leave there, and then it's just like they they're just used up. I mean, look at Chandler Jones, for example. I mean, Chandler Jones was an absolute monster on that defensive line. Let him go to Arizona. Where's he at? Heard nothing, nothing from him. Nothing. Literally nothing. I, I, I just don't get it. Yeah. Brandon Spikes. Uh, what's the, what the, and what's the other defensive lineman they traded earlier in the year to the Browns? Now, granted, he went to the Browns, but oh, I, Jamie know, I know you're talking about, but Jamie I, Collins. Yeah, yeah, Jamie yeah. Collins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jamie Collins. Just, just terrible. And then you look at somebody who has like Martellus Bennett, who was uh, at in, in Chicago, didn't have a you know a pretty good year there in Chicago. Now he's literally, I mean, it may have something to do with Gronk being hurt or anything else like that, but he's having one of the best seasons of his career. Mm-hmm. Well, and two candidates that, and we'll f- finish on this under the Belichick coaching tree. One who's currently a free agent, Charlie Weiss. I know that you guys think that'd be a good one, right? Like if we could pick up. Uh, we Why does he <laughs> want to coach? He just, he just. Notre Dame was still paying him up until last year. Yeah. So, and he's been fired from there for like six years. So yeah. No, that's he just, should want to coach. He's coaching. I think he was just coaching like FSCJ's football team or something recently. But um, like he's gone like way down. I don't even know what he's doing anymore. But seriously, the other one was uh, one guy that people don't realize actually coached with uh, Belichick who I still feel like we should not completely ignore the college ranks. Why, like, Nick Saban seems like, I mean, why not look at that? Why not consider that, you know? No. Different type of different type of ball game, man. You got you got guys, you know, that are 
that are coming, you know, from all around the country to play for Saban to go for their main goal. Or they have two goals, win a national championship and they go to the NFL. And right now, Saban has, you know, he can't guarantee that you win your national championship, but he's damn for sure guaranteeing you're going to the league if you're playing in Alabama. I was just talking to a coworker today, um, you know, about the program there. And if, if you are a second string player at Bama and you get at least like 10 snaps, 10 to 12 snaps a game, you're getting looked at by pros. You're getting invited to pro, pro days. And, and it's just unreal. And he didn't have a really good successful tenure in Miami. Mm-hmm. Look, look at this too, Corey. Why would he stop for the fact that he's probably going to go down as one of the greatest coaches to ever coach college football? And I mean better than Bobby, better than Spurrier, Paterno. I mean, we're talking like Nuke Rockney type stuff. Notre Dame winning like seven in a row national titles or whatever craziness they won. Um, better than Schembechler, uh Woody Hayes. Uh, I, mean, I guess, but like money is one thing. Like potentially, he's making six point nine seven million dollars a year I, as a head I coach. Mean, I'm still thinking he could probably make more. Not only that, but like the competitive nature. I mean, that's a competitive guy. Like you have to imagine he's got to be like thinking in the back of his head. I don't want to leave my legacy as like some failed NFL coach. You know. Hey, from what I hear is you make your first million, they all spend the same after that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. He is making $6.9 million. His record at Alabama is 114 and 18. <laughs> and then, Come on. let me see. I'm trying to see who the highest paid do, NFL coach is. Do, do you know how much, do you know how much money that is in Tuscaloosa? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, you, do, do you know how many oatmeal cream pies he can buy in Tuscaloosa? <laughs> do, do you know how many, <laughs> Do you know how many gallons of milk he can buy in Tuscaloosa right now? That man is not going anywhere, and he's done nothing but cement his legacy because he did it at LSU. He left. He came back. And now he he's dabbled in the NFL. He knows what it's like. And literally him making that six-point whatever, you know, that, that million dollars uh, that he's making in Alabama right now, has nothing to do because his legacy, you can spend money, but you cannot, it's going to be so hard to get him out of the record books. Like it won't happen in either one of our, in any of our lifetimes. I can guarantee you that. Mm-hmm. Like they, we could all be in our nursing homes or whatever, and we'll still be talking about the run of Nick Saban, and we'll still be talking about, you know, Nick Saban and, you know, until another guru comes along to replace or replicate what he's been doing. But, it's not going to happen. I mean, he's literally probably the one of the, the we're, we're witnessing history. Yeah. And actually, uh, yeah, I was actually surprised. I looked it up and uh, yeah, he's not far off from the highest paid NFL coaches. The two highest paid NFL coaches make 8 million a year. And that's Pete Carroll and Sean Payton. So for some reason I thought it was like dramatically more how much NFL coaches would make. No, I guess no. Not. College coaches are catching up and that's just his base salary. Since he keeps winning the SEC and keeps going to the college football, Football playoff every year, he probably cracks eight million after everything's said and done. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he's not going to leave. I mean, he's sixty-five anyway. So why would he try and come back? And you know, the competitive. Yeah, he probably maybe looks at it every now and again. I bet because he's just such a competitive guy and competitive coach. But why leave? I mean, he's you know. 
Number two and college plus, coach ever. So plus right now Harbaugh's making more money than him. Harbaugh makes nine million a year. Really? Okay. Maybe I'm looking at an outdated thing yeah. then. Okay. Wow. Michigan pays him that much? Yeah, he he makes nine million a year and he gets the Rock Jordan. Oh yeah. Harbaugh of Michigan. Okay. I thought you were talking about the Baltimore coach. <laughs> yeah. Really? Nine million dollars? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jim Jim is making bank. Oh he does. Mm-hmm. He makes more than any NFL head coach. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. Hmm. All right. Well, good, good talk. I guess we'll uh, end it on that and see how the coaching uh, progresses. And then I'm also curious about what feedback we'll get on hashtag free Hernandez. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Before we end guys, um, also Tony Baselli's up for uh, the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that, that would be an extreme crazy rarity that, uh, you know, a Jaguar, uh, gets into the Hall of Fame, that would be, you know, just historic, uh, you know, for the city, for the franchise, and uh, be kind of cool to see some of those Jaguar jerseys in Canton when they do the little speeches. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah, that's exciting. I mean, I think he, this is the furthest he's gotten in, like, the, the selection process, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, that's just – it's crazy, man, to be one of the – to go in there and get enshrined and – you know, to be one of the greatest football players to ever play the game. That's just, and, he, and he's from, uh, or he's from our Jags. You know, that'd be, that's crazy. Right. It's going to be tough though, because, uh, and I'm not, you know, trying to, you know, you know, talk him down because I hope he does make it. But man, Ladanian and T.O. are in this class, uh, in this in this group. So that's going to be some uh, tough tough competition there. So hopefully he hopefully he gets in. You know, we'll see, but. Yeah, T.O. needs to wait. Like, seriously, he hasn't even been gone that long, has he? Yeah, he hasn't. And, and believe it or not, if you – T.O. is, I think, top five or three in every receiver category. Oh, really? Like, him an and absolute, Randy – Yeah, he's an absolute Ra- monster. Him and Randy Moss, like, flip and flop two and three. And, and I want to say that Randy Moss is eligible next year. And he's definitely a number one. Like, he he's definitely going to go. So T.O. played with a broken leg yeah. in the Super Bowl <laughs> and, and and was still unstoppable on one seven, leg. Seven catches over 100 yards. Remember what he told Donovan McNabb. I wasn't the one that was tired, and mm. I had a broken leg. Yeah. <laughs> is uh is Trent Delfer in this class too? Is he getting picked or no? Man, he needs oh, to go God. back to his Man. Elite 11 camp. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag screw Trent Delfer, right, guys? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Get out of here. There's two words, the reason why you have a Super Bowl ring, Trent Dilfer, and that's Ray Lewis, okay? Without him, you have nothing. So take that somewhere. Hashtag free Ray Lewis, right, guys? Oh, he beat that charge. That's another, that's another, that's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll end it on that note. Uh, everybody, uh, talk to you later. All right, guys. Take care. Later, guys.